0: that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey guys, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> welcome to episode 42 of the Karen Kenny Show. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. And you guys, look, at today this is what we're going to talk about, and I'll explain why. I'll explain why in a minute, but today we're talking about what the fuck is a spiritual mentor? Like, what is this thing anyways, this thing that you say that you are or that you do, KK? What is this thing? And the reason why I'm talking about it is multi-layered, okay? It's multi-layered. Number one, I'm really big into clear and concise. Just like clean communication, right? I don't like it when things are confusing. I don't like it when things are sticky. I don't like it when there's like clutter in the mind and you don't understand a thing. And I'm always trying to figure out like, hey, is this work that I do in this world? The the, the calling that the divine has put in my heart, the assignment, the individual curriculum that I do, am I making it clear to my people? (laughs) Like what I do and people are often so curious and so fascinated you know how it is with Americans as soon as you meet people they're like they ask you a series of questions it usually has to do with like where do you live are you married or do you have kids or whatever pets and then but almost always the first thing that people ask you is they go so what do you do <laughs> what do you do everybody wants to know how you make your money or how you spend your time and when i say to people i'm a spiritual mentor i often get like you know when you make a high pitch sound and a dog tilts its head like huh? like huh? like huh? what's happening right <laughs> they're like what what and so a lot of times people are like i have no idea like what does that mean what does that mean people don't even know what it is they're like is this like a made-up thing that you do and other times it, Other times, even when a person wants to work with me in a mentoring, a one-to-one mentoring relationship, they'll still say, I had a call the other day with a lovely woman who um, actually ended up, you know, becoming a a new client. So hey, you guys, those eight spots that I said I had opening up in January, I now have seven, (laughs) just so you know, get on it. Um, So we ended up um, saying yes, she ended up saying yes, we said, I should say, we said yes to each other. But even when we were on our call, after she heard about me after she found out about me after she went on my website and read all the stuff and filled out the application and we got on the call together at one point on the call she's like yeah i was just kind of like she was i don't know i was so drawn to you i was so attracted to you i read all the stuff and even though i still kind of don't know what a spiritual mentor does i'm in whatever whatever it is you've got i want it right and it was just like really funny and i was like hmm maybe i should help the people at home out and just get a little more clarity about it That's number one. And then number two, um, you know, here's what's so fascinating. Here's what's so fascinating. I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs, right? I have a lot of friends who are quote unquote business coaches, quote unquote life coaches. Everybody in their fucking mother thinks they're an intuitive coach or a spiritual coach nowadays. But what I find with the business coaches especially is that they find it's really easy to help people make an investment in working with them. Because they can say things like, um, oh, if you come to work with me, I'll help you to get more clients. And so your ROI, your return on investment is gonna be like, boom, immediate. Like I'm gonna be able to help you turn that around. Now, whether or not that's true or not, (laughs) that remains to be seen. But the selling points are like really easy and they can talk about their work in a really tangible and easy way. So one of the things that I have found so fascinating and one of the things that because even as a writer right like as a writer as a storyteller I'm always trying to think about like what's the best way to kind of get this story across or to get this message across or how do I let people understand the ministry and the mission uh, and the message of what what I'm trying to do here and what I often find is the work that I do it can be sometimes really hard to tangibly like put it into words, but I am gonna do my best today to kind of like break it down. And the reason why I even wanna talk about this, you guys, I swear to God, this isn't some like backdoor sneaky kind of sales tactic thing that I'm doing. If you know me, if you've been listening long enough or you know me in person, you know that's not, that's not how I roll. It's not how I do stuff. Um, really, I'm doing this because I believe that this work, this spiritual work, Um, And whether, I can't speak for other spiritual teachers. Here's the thing, right? I I can only speak for me. I can only speak for what I'm bringing to the world and what I'm offering. I don't really like to comment too much on what other people are doing because I'm not them. I'm not in their skin. I'm not in their experience. I, I don't know. I can only speak for myself, but here's what I know. Everything comes kind of through this filter that I have, which is I am just constantly seeing and being reminded day by day by day, how important this work is, how much suffering there is out there, how much people feel disconnected from themselves, disconnected from the God of their own understanding, disconnected from source in love and spirit, how much people are feeling hopeless and how much they're feeling helpless and anxious and distressed And um, sometimes, right, based on what's going on in the political world, disturbed, feeling kind of like defeated or stressed out or they feel unworthy or they feel unlovable, they feel isolated, they feel orphaned, they feel like they have no purpose or no meaning in their life, right? It's like they just kind of feel like it's all so fucking hot. And what I see is lacking, they have a lot of those feelings and what I see a lot of what is lacking is peace, happiness contentment safety faith right um an infusion of enthusiasm or excitement for their life like i just see so much suffering and so much of it that i believe is unnecessary you know and of course in miracles we might say something like this need not be my brother <laughs> my sister this need not be and so I talk to so many people. You guys have often heard me say, right? If you follow me on Instagram or anything like that, it's uh, Karen Kenny Live, L-I-V-E. And sometimes I do stories about how, like, anytime I go out in public, like, I'll bump into somebody, and inevitably those conversations, even at the grocery store at the friggin' Hannaford, it turns into like a little mini mentoring session. Or I'm like bumping into people, and because I don't really do small talk that well, I really like to get to whatever the heartbeat of whatever is going on in that moment. I don't care if it's a grocery store or not, you know, I end up talking to a lot of people and I just know so many people are in need of help. We all need a little bit of help. You know, you hear me say it all the time when Ram Das says, you know, we're all just walking each other home and that is the God's honest truth we are. And one of the reasons that I became a mentor is because I knew the power and the impact of having mentors. Sometimes mentors who are physically alive, like in person or over Zoom, like, I, you know, like, it, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes teachers that have left behind great wisdom in books, or sometimes in videos or courses that you can follow, you know, sometimes mentoring. I mean, mentoring takes can take many forms. The mentoring that I do, of course, is like, you know, I do it because I'm still alive. (laughs) I haven't had to leave my legacy yet, right? I'm still alive. And so all I know is this, is that my life was significantly touched and changed for the better, (laughs) for the better, for having had mentors in my life. And also, funnily enough, right, if you haven't listened to my episode called Mentors and Tormentors, I've also gotten a lot out of having some Tormentors in my life. But here's what I know. A lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are feeling scared and alone and confused. And I just don't think that that's necessary. And here's what I know. A Course in Miracles tells us that happiness and peace are a natural inheritance. And so if we're not consistently feeling those things, then we know we've taken a detour into fear. We know that we have um, not only taken a detour into fear, we kept going. We didn't turn around at the next exit. We didn't get, get back on the highway. We like kept going and bought real estate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so here's one of the things that I know and why I think happiness in, in a piece are so important and how it ties into my own personal story is I just know that happy people, I often say this, you know, there's that, there's that saying where they say, you know, hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And I always say, well, happy people tend not to hurt people. Happy people tend not to hurt people. And if you're at episode friggin' 42 by now, you at some point have heard my own personal story. So I'm not going to go into it very deeply except to say that the murder of my mother when I was 12 years old, and her murder was very violent, it was brutal, she was beaten to death, you know. Um that was the catalyst for not only a lot of suffering in my life, but for a lot of change. And it made me start asking really difficult questions at a younger age. Um, and it, it was um, that, that, that level of suffering, oh my God. Oh. One of the great gifts of my own suffering is it helped me to have way more um, compassion and awareness and sensitivity to other people. I was always a sensitive kid, but it really heightened my awareness of other beings, um, other beings, both human and animal. And I would, like I said, I was always a sensitive kid. I always, um, was aware of um, other beings being uh, untreated fairly, um, being um, where where I felt like there was an injustice or somebody was being a bully. Like I was always wicked aware of that. And I've always hated, I've always hated watching or bearing witness to other people's suffering or knowing about it. I always felt compelled like I had to do something that was just kind of me. I've always been kind of like a compulsive helper. Um, But definitely my mother's murder and my mother's death contributed to the work that I do because I started to understand. I really thought this, like that the, the guy that murdered my mother, the man that murdered my mother, I have often said to myself, well, if he knew how to, if he knew how to have navigated his own trauma as a, as a kid or as a younger person, because they were in their 30s, right? My mother was 33 when she was murdered. I think uh, her killer was 31. I know he was just a little bit younger than her. I'm almost positive. that Yeah, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, I'm pretty positive he was. And I just said, well, and I ended up doing a lot of research on him for my memoir and for my book and and his family. And I just know that there was some stuff that went down in that family for sure. Um, You can read about it when the book (laughs) finally gets written and out in the world. But um, I often think to myself, well, wow, man, if he knew how to pause... If he knew that he could choose differently, if he had some tools in his tool belt, if he knew how to navigate his own suffering and grief and trauma, if he had gotten help, if he had had a mentor, I guarantee you, if he knew how to pause and take a breath and change his mind and to be more miracle-minded and to choose love instead of fear, right? If he hadn't um, left his right mind, (laughs) right? Because nobody in their right mind beats somebody to death. You don't kick and punch somebody to death and then run, flee from the scene of the crime, right? So I often think like, man, if he had had some help, my mom would still be alive. And I see it all the time, you know, and it's interesting. My my sweetie, my husband, Chris, my sweetie, Tofa, as I call him, um, you know, Tofa's best friend was also beaten to death and left to die in the middle of the road. And I, we also just got some news recently that um, a friend of ours, his 88-year-old grandma that we just found out was just beaten to death. And I just think to myself, oh my God, man. It's just like, oh. it, I, I just feel like these kinds of things wouldn't happen if people had spiritual anchors, right? If people had um, the, the capacity to choose differently, if they had been taught or had been supported or had access to, whatever the words are. Here's what I'm trying to say. I just know that spiritual work is 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 not only like it's not, let me just say this. A lot of people like to think about like spiritual stuff or spiritual work as kind of being a luxury. And I'm like, fuck no, this stuff is a necessity. And I am seeing it more and more and more and more and more. And I will also say this to any of the entrepreneurs that are listening. Because one of the things that I often see is entrepreneurs will go out and hire a business coach first, and then they wonder why they can't actually implement the strategies that the business coach is giving them. They keep getting stuck, and they cannot execute the external stuff because the internal stuff hasn't been dealt with. So the work that I do, you know, it's called Fearless Flow, and it's also your story to your glory is my, my ultimate result system that I use, the system that I use to get the results for my clients. I don't get the results, let me rephrase that, that they get by doing the work themselves with me lo- walking along beside them and helping them and guiding them and supporting them. But they, it's between them, <laughs> them and their spiritual team, them and their inner teacher, them and God, but I am here as a guide. And here's what I see so often is people go ahead and they invest a lot of money in working with a business coach and then they get stuck and then they feel like they can't move forward or they can't implement or they still feel confused or they don't feel worthy or they don't feel lovable and they don't feel comfortable setting certain prices and doing things or creating programs because who am I to create a program? I often say, and I've had business coaches say to me in the past, if we were being honest, we would send them to work with somebody like you first right? KK, we would refer them to you first so that by the time they came to us, they would be ready to go. (laughs) They would be ready to implement. So that's the entrepreneurial spin. But even before that, just in your day-to-day life, how are you supposed to have relationships? How are you supposed to know how to show up and fully love another being? If you haven't dealt with your own shit first, if your story is still a story, If your bullshit blocks and barriers and bullshit stories are in place, right? If you're, if you have these blocks, I always say we're, we're kind of like, um, We're kind of like masons. We build these walls. We build, we just like, boop, there's another reason. Boop, there's another excuse. Boop, there's some more suffering. Boop, there's some more shit I'm not dealing with from my childhood, right? And like, we build these blocks and barriers to our own awareness of love's presence. So how are we supposed to be an adult, mature or mature like relationships if we haven't unpacked our own, like we just kind of show up with all of our shit. I often think about it, like imagine sitting down at a date Right, first time blind date or whatever, or you Tinder or whatever you whatever the crazy kids are doing nowadays, right? And you show up at the date and like if you could visually, visually see you dragging all your emotional baggage behind you and you like plop that down at the table. I'm like, oh, the other person would get up and run. They wouldn't even walk politely, they would run. They'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) So there's so many layers to this. So let me just talk a little bit about how and why I, I got into this. And so for a wicked, wicked, wicked long time, I was a yoga teacher, right? I've been teaching yoga for like over 20 years and I was teaching before I was even certified. I got my certification in 2001 but I was teaching before that, like back in the day, like there, and there still is no true regulatory uh, thing in yoga. Uh, I don't talk to me about the yoga Alliance. I don't actually think they do anything. That's a story for another day, but there really is no regulations. So I chose to go and get certified. So I'm a Kripalu yoga teacher. Uh, Kripalu for me is like the mothership. I love it. There's Swami Kripalu, Bapuji, the word Kripalu, by the way, means compassion. You can see why I really love it. So, um, I'm a Kripalu yoga teacher and I have been for like a wicked long time. Right. And so I started teaching yoga. And, um, at the same time I was started to really teach yoga and stuff like that. Around that time, I also started doing a TV show. Uh, I did it for 13 years, you guys. It was called The Yoga Show with Karen. And uh, it was a very popular, it was like local access TV, as you can imagine. And it was very, very popular. And I don't say that. I say it with humility. I, I was just amazed at how many people actually loved the show. <laughs> I was like, what? And I knew it started to kind of resonate in the community because I would go out in public and people started saying, hey, aren't you the yoga lady? And I thought that was the funniest thing. So I became known as like the yoga lady in Concord. It was kind of funny. And I really wanted to do that show because I knew that not everybody had access to yoga. And I knew the power of yoga. And I don't just mean, when I say yoga, I do not mean just yoga, the postures, the physical asanas, the poses. I'm not talking about that. When I talk about yoga, I am talking about the spiritual system of yoga, the eight limbs of yoga. And the first two limbs of yoga are what we call the yamas and the niyamas. And these are... I would say they're helpful guidelines to how to live a more happy and peaceful life, <laughs> right? And the very first one is called Ahimsa, which is nonviolence, non-harm to other beings, other creatures, to yourself, etc. So of course, a kid with a dead, murdered mother is really going to love the concept of nonviolence, right? Hello, in uh, non-harm. Hello, uh, AKA also one of the reasons why I've been vegan for like 17 years. So right? So I became this yoga teacher. And then like the postures are like the third limb, but the postures are really just designed to help us to prepare the body for the deepest spiritual practices. Because it's really hard to sit in quiet and withdraw our senses and to go within and to be able to focus on our breath and to quiet our mind and to have alignment with the divine With God in perfect oneness, it's really had to sit still in meditation and contemplation, right? To 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 um, to do that, if your body fucking hurts, (laughs) if the vessel hurts, so it's really had to concentrate and be still and be quiet and meditate and pray and all those other things. If your knees hurt and your back hurt, and also the postures were originally designed to prepare us for stillness to be. Um, in a place where we could receive and remember our unity, yoga, to yuk, to join, the oneness. That's what it's all about, right? So, um, so I'm a yoga teacher. Uh, I'm getting, here's a little funny story. So the yoga, the yoga show not only went into the homes and the businesses, like 15,000 homes and businesses in the Concord area, but it also went into some institutions, AKA the prisons. <laughs> so um, I used to get a lot of mail uh, to me, uh, sent to Konkan TV Um, from the prisoners, (laughs) they would be like writing all kinds of stuff. And it would be like, you give new meaning to the word soothing. And I would just be like, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. And then uh, a lot of the, the, the people who are on the board would be like, you are not to respond, like, do not respond to these letters because they knew me because I'm just a really nice person. They're like, you do not need to be prison pen pals with anybody. (laughs) And then later on in the years, somehow there must've been internet or something in the prison and then um, they started calling my house collect. And it'd be like, would you like to accept a call from, you know, Konkin? And I'd be like, no, no, I'm not accepting your collect call. Jesus, right? It was like so funny. So I had to get my number blocked, blocked from the prison. The whole point being is um, I was being a teacher and I was doing it because I knew a lot of people didn't have access to yoga. And whether it's because they were incarcerated, incapacitated, they were stuck at home, they didn't have a car, they didn't have money, they couldn't afford it, whatever the thing was, uh, I always wanted to be able to offer a free resource that I knew could be life-changing because I knew how much yoga had changed my life. Again, not just the postures, the philosophy, the spiritual practices, it like literally was like such a huge impact on me. Now I had already been being a student of A Course in Miracles. Like I started that back in California before I even came back to the East Coast. So I have, you know, at this point now I've been a student of A Course in Miracles for like 26, 27 years. I've been a student of A Course in Miracles for like 20 years. And I've also been a student of passage meditation for somewhere between like 18 and 20 years. Um, my, my meditation teacher Eknath Ashwarn, So my my, my point being is that I have a lineage in love, right? (laughs) My lineage is love. Like I have a lineage of of like spending some personal hands-on experience with A Course in Miracles, with passage meditation, with yoga. I'm also a gateless writing teacher. We can talk about that another day. But they all point to learning how to basically train our mind to be aligned with the divine. Right, to to fully embody the fact that we are extensions of, of love itself. And so um, I did this show. I loved it. I loved that it had a free resource. And then I had a yoga studio. So I had a yoga studio for like 10 years. And, um, and when, what, what started happening is, is that people started coming to my classes and the repeated thing that I kept hearing, and this is not super surprising in that I'm a communicator, I am a writer, I'm a storyteller, I'm a speaker, right? So what happened in teaching all those classes, like, Thousands and thousands of classes, right? uh, Over the years, is that I really started to discover that I had a voice. Not only that I had a voice, that I had something to say and that I had something to share. And people started saying to me, like, I really come to your classes to hear what you have to say. And they would say, like, coming to your classes is like going to therapy and church at the same time. It's like coming to the gym. Like, you know, you get to move your body and sweat and breathe, but it's also like going to church and it's also like going to therapy. And people started saying, like, sometimes I just want to come to class. And it would be, it would be like this. Somebody would say, um, you know, I just haven't been feeling that great. And I'd say, well, you can just come in and lay in the back of the room. I can just take take a long shavasana and just be in the presence and in the spirit of collective community and spiritual fellowship because it's so important. And so people just started saying, like, I came to hear what you had to say. I always feel better when I leave here. You always teach me to look at something in a new way or have a new perspective or I find myself like, you know, just whatever the feedback over the years. I'm not trying to like, um, be my own fluffer. <laughs> if you don't know what a fluffer is, <laughs> look it up. Uh, I'm not trying to fluff my own ego up. In fact, I, I'm really clear to understand that I am just the conduit. I am just the vessel. Uh, the way that it's talked about, uh, it, you know, the way it's been taught to me, uh, over many sources and the way that I often say is like, we are not, we are not the, um, We are not the faucet. I mean, we are the faucet. We're not the water that runs through us, right? It's like we are the little lamp. God is the electricity. We plug in to light up, right? So I'm very clear that I am a conduit and I am a channel for God's love, that I am here simply. You know, it was so funny because I was uh, hanging out with my friend, Meg Haynes, who's who's a wonderful spiritual teacher as well. And, um, she was pulling some cards for me and doing a little healing session for me. Cause as I'm going into 2020, I really want to get like wicked clarity and I already have ideas and visions, but Hey, smart mentors know it's helpful to have other people in your life also that you can trust who can like guide you or like can also give you support like as a friend and stuff like that. So we were talking and stuff and she pulled a card for me. And one I mean, one of the cards was Ascended Masters, which is awesome, which basically says, I'll hold it up for those of you at home who are who are actually watching this on YouTube. It's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool card. And uh, it says Ascended Masters, and it says, powerful, loving, and wise spiritual teachers are watching over and guiding you. A friggin' men, I cannot tell you. That is so true. AKA spiritual team, always on the job, right? So she pulled that card and then she pulled another card and it's a little weird it's even embarrassing to actually say it out loud but she's like she so she pulled it and it said earth angel and she said kk you have been sent here you have been sent here as an angel as a guide of light to teach others um about love which is just so like jesus like what like Like, even so, I'm practicing receiving, so I'm just going to receive it and not get too weird about that. But I do, I do believe that all of our jobs, not just me, I'm not special, all of our jobs is to come here to get better at giving and receiving love, right? To awaken, awaken from the idea that we're actually separate from God and source, right? My whole point being is that. <laughs> um, so I started to realize it's like, oh, well, I have something to say. Hopefully, some of these things that I'm saying in class are really starting to, you know, be helpful for people. And then I started to feel like, okay, I started to do like yoga retreats and I started to do things. But here's one of the things I really started to notice is that after classes, after my yoga classes, like you know, and it was my studio, so I was usually not all, but you know, I had other teachers that work for me, but it was mostly me who like did the cleaning and I would empty the trash and I would sweep the floors and make sure everything was right. And so I put all the props back and stuff like that. And while I would be doing that after class, inevitably, almost every single class, somebody would stay behind. And they often wanted to stay behind to talk about what I sometimes call, um, it's funny, I have the five D's of spiritual practices, which is like daily dedication, determination, discipline, and devotion. But I also have these other D's that I talk about where I say people often want to talk to me about the death, the divorce, the diagnosis, the disappointment, the disease, right? (laughs) Like there's all these things that often happen. Um, And so inevitably somebody would like just kind of linger putting on their shoes or linger putting on their coat. They'd be like looking at, you know, some of the materials I had and inevitably they'd start talking to me. You know, my sweetie would be at home, like waiting for me to get back so we could have like a nice vegan dinner or something. And he'd be texting me like, Jesus Christ, you said you were going to be home like uh, 90 minutes ago or an hour ago. And what I started to realize is that I started to mentor people way before I even became, quote unquote, certified, right? As a spiritual mentor, I did, did get my certification. Um, and so I was just basically giving my time and energy and resources and advice and support and love away for free. Now, hear this completely, right? I, I'm not saying like, oh, I shouldn't give my love away for free. I'm not talking about that part. But what I'm saying is I, would, I found myself starting to step into this role spiritual guide and I was doing it again and again and again for many years for many hours like again free resource right because I didn't have really good boundaries at that time (laughs) and I just love to help everybody oh and so one day one of my spiritual mentors my local spiritual mentor um Stephanie uh Reverend Stephanie Rutt uh who's lovely if any of you know who she is um and she basically just said to me one day, you can't keep doing this. The energy exchange isn't equal. You can't keep giving, 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 and there's no exchange. So there has to be an exchange. Like, And money is simply just an energy exchange. And she said, if you're going to continue to do this, um, I really think it's important that you start to have like better boundaries around this and you start charging people and stuff like that. And we started talking about it. And then I was saying to her, because she's, she's remarkable. I mean, Steph, Stephanie has done all kinds of things. You know, she's... Um, she's been a spiritual guide. She's an interfaith minister. She started many, she started her own school, the tree of life school. She used to be a therapist or a psychologist. She taught at UNH. Like she's just so wicked smart and deeply, deeply grounded in the divine and her love for the divine. And so at that point she said to me, um, you know, this is the last year I'm offering my spiritual mentoring certification course. And it's too long of a story to tell, but let me just say this. I asked my spiritual team for a sign, you know, if this is something that I should actually do and all signs pointed to yes. And I went and I did it and it was a year long program. It was absolutely incredible on graduation from my spiritual mentoring certification. Stephanie went around the room. There was like I think I want to say like seven of us that were in the program at this time. And at the end of the at the end of our graduation little ceremony at her space, um, we were all sitting in a circle. And she went around and she gave each person a rose. And then she leaned in and she whispered something in their ear. And knowing me, like I'm so cu- first of all I'm like deaf as a haddock, but I'm also like wicked curious. And I was like dying to know what she was saying to everybody. To this day, I'm still dying to know. But when she got to me, I only know what she said to me. And when she got to me she leaned in and she whispered in my ear and she said to me you are on fire for god she said to me and i still like it i just like my heart just goes like it grew three sizes that day (laughs) like the grinch my heart grew three sizes that day she leaned in my ear and she said you are on fire for god and she said you are like a wild horse running across the field's right? The golden fields, like setting everything on fire with your love and your passion. And she said, never let anybody dampen that. Never let anybody take that away from you. Like keep that divine spark lit. And I was like, yes, like I was so excited. And that's how I feel about it. So much of the suffering that I see in the world, you guys, is because people feel a disconnect from their source. And whether you call that God or Jesus or love or universe or spirit, you know me, I'm not a stickler for what you call it. I don't care what you call it. What I do care about is that you understand that you are a part of it, that you are an extension of it, that you have a relationship with it because Your natural inheritance is peace and happiness. And when you know who walks beside you, when you get wicked clear about who walks beside you on this planet, as you are in this human form, having some spiritual amnesia, forgetting that you're a child of God, forgetting that you are a spirit, forgetting that you're an extension of love, it can feel really fucking hard here. The human experience can be a motherfucker. It is not always easy to be here. It can feel hard. But here's the news, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to feel hard. My brothers, my sisters, there is a different way, there is a different choice. And that's what I get excited about helping people to understand that they are in um, control of their own happiness and their own suffering. That you have a choice to experience the world however you want to experience it. And you can start to train your mind to relinquish this conditioned thought system of the ego, which is made up of nothing but fear, scarcity, loss, separation, sickness, sin, guilt. And you can instead align your mind with the inner teacher of love, which is the reminder of God's love, which is the voice for God, which is, you can call it Holy Spirit or spirit, or I call it sometimes your spiritual team. And when you start to do that, all those feelings of unworthiness and unlovableness, right? All the scarcity, all the fear, all the anxiety, all the stuff, the churning stuff, the stuff that keeps you awake at night, the stuff that won't let you fall asleep at night, feeling defeated, feeling like it's so hard, feeling like your life doesn't have purpose and meaning and what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what, what, what's this all about? All that stuff, <laughs> all that stuff, all the forgiveness work. Because so much of our lack of happiness, people often say to me, KK, you know, I I feel like it's really hard. I don't feel happy. And I always say, if you're not feeling happy, the most important question you can start to ask yourself is, who am I not forgiving? Who am I not forgiving? And I just know that for a lot of people, forgiveness work is wicked, hard to navigate on your own because your mind has been attuned to looking at your story in a very particular way. Your mind has already decided that you're a victim, that you have an abuser or an attacker or a perpetrator against you, and you get caught in what I call that victim loop. And it's really hard sometimes to get out of it without somebody extending a hand down or back to help pull you out of it and to look at the situation, like I would call it, above the battleground and from anew. And I just know so many of the people that I work with, It's be, they, we, we work together on forgiveness work, like what I call slow burn stuff, like old stuff that really needs some help coming up to the surface. So one of my favorite things to do is to really help people to share with them all the tools that I have kind of gathered together over the years for my own healing. Because remember, I had to, I mean, I always talk about my mom's murder as being like the catalyst. There was a bunch of stuff that happened before that, and there was a bunch of stuff that happened after that. But that's what I would call like the headline story, because that got kicked into motion. You know, a th- you know when that first domino falls, like, you know, when people set up a thousand dominoes and that first one falls and it's just like... <sighs> Well, that was like one of the big <laughs> kicker dominoes. And when that sucker fell, like there was a string of events that like I could never have imagined that brought on so much suffering. And I'm not trying to say it like, oh, poor me, it's not that. It's just that I'm really aware that people, um, it, it, this just, this being human, man, and doing this forgiveness work, sometimes we need somebody to show us a way out of the victim loop. We need somebody else to help us to shift our mind from fear to love. And that's what a miracle is actually, when the mind shifts its perception and we start to see ourselves, our brothers and sisters, the situation, the circumstances in this world differently. And it can be wicked hard sometimes to do it on your own. So forgiveness work is also you know, one of the, the really big things that I do. So you know, I got certified to become a spiritual mentor and I started offering mentoring. And that's where we kind of find ourselves you know, today. And people will often say to me, like, you know, because, you know, like, who do you work with? Well, Often, like, when I say I'm a spiritual mentor, people are like, well, what does that mean? And I try to simplify it like, into, like, two sentences. Um, and, and I'm going to clarify this in a minute. But I often say, like, I work with people who've had more than their fair share. And if you're a human, you've probably had <laughs> your, more than your fair share of wicked hard shit happen to you. And I help people to lead a life like nothing bad has ever happened. What I mean by that is we learn how to transform your story into your glory. We don't abandon our dead. We don't deny the things that happen, but we learn how to look at them with more meaning, with more purpose. We start to make peace with what went down, right? We start to learn to navigate this life. Now you might be thinking, well, KK, I don't really have some big traumatic event. And I'm like, look, if you're human and you're on the planet, I know you have some stuff. It doesn't mean that you have to come to me. Some people come to me because they want more help figuring out their story, right? They had some things that happened to them. They're entrepreneurs. They know they want to start to develop a signature talk. They want to start writing their book. They want to start to get their message out there. And they're like, I have this story. I don't really know how to use it. So I work with people in really different ways. But most of the people that I work with are working with me because they've had some sort of trauma or old stuff that has been, hasn't been dealt with, or they're just really struggling Uh, navigating life just from day to day to day, and they don't find themselves consistently happy, and they don't find themselves consistently in a state of peace. They often find themselves just like exhausted, and they find themselves, like I always say, people don't usually come to work with me because everything's going awesome, because everything's going great, right? They often have hit the place where they realize my best thinking has gotten me here. I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help. And then that's when the relationship can actually be wicked successful and really powerful when we develop a bond of trust and faith. And so like some of the things that people, I always say like this, I always say this, all right, all of the choices that you make, make up your life. All of the choices that you make, make up your life. So where you find yourself right now is basically a reflection of your thoughts and the choices that you've made. So if you don't like your experience right now, because the external world, we always say in A Course of Miracles, it's just an outward reflection of an inward condition. It is an outward picture of an inner condition of the choices that you've made. So you are seeing reflected back to you the quality of your own thoughts and the perspectives and perception that you are having. If you wanna change your life, you have to change your mind. You want to change your life? You have to change the quality of the stories that you've been telling yourself. It's all about removing the blocks and the barriers that you have to love. And it's hard to do it on our own because we're stuck in our conditioning and so we often need somebody it's just like when you're trying to learn any craft or you know have mastery in something And you know, i don't think mastery ever ends when people say oh they're a master i'm like mm, i don't think the mastery ever ends right as long as we're taking a breath there's more that we could learn <laughs> right there's more that we could get better at um But you don't have to get better at being a child of God. What we have to do is remove the blocks and the barriers that we've put in place against our own awareness of love's presence. That's what so much of spiritual work does. So what I do is I basically have a system that I have used myself. Like I went first. And what I mean by that is I was my own first client. I was the one fucking suffering. I had a lot of deep forgiveness work to do. I had to forgive like, you know, on some level, in, in my little kid mind, I had to forgive my mom for leaving me. I had to forgive my 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 dad, my stepfather for not wanting us. I had to forgive the guy that killed my mother. I mean, I guess I didn't have to quote unquote have to, but if I wanted to be happy and if I wanted to have peace of mind, I had to. Because forgiveness is the key to happiness. And what I know to be true is you can either have a grievance or you can have a miracle. You cannot have both. And I was locking myself in the prison of my own mind by not being willing to forgive. And you got to forgive everything from a cold to somebody you love dying. You got to forgive yourself first and foremost for believing that you could actually be successful in separating from God. And people are like, "Like, how do you do that, KK? (laughs) How do I develop a spiritual practice so I feel more connected to God? I'm like, I can help you. How do I overcome Right. I have clients who have everything from like a murdered parent to a dead child to they're navigating like, you know, a a relationship. They want to start a bit like I always say, like my clients, I always say people like, well, who do you work with? do you work with just women? I say, no, I work with people. I work with men and women. They say, do you work with children? Do you work with kids? And I always say, no, I don't work with kids. I, I usually will never work with somebody uh, who is not at least, at least 18 or over. And that also depends on me, obviously talking to your parents and stuff first or whoever you got or you know, whatever. But I often say, no, I don't work with kids. And then I start to laugh and I say, well, actually I do. What I work with is uh, little kid's wounded little kids who didn't deal with their stuff yet who are walking around in adult bodies so many of the people who are coming to me they just did not and look we're not being taught these things they don't teach us this stuff in school. Rarely do our parents have the skill sets to teach us these things. So unless we're incredibly curious or unless we finally hit the place where we say enough is enough, I do not want to feel this way anymore. And I often jokingly say to my clients, like, do you ever get to the place where you just wanna like unzip your own skin and crawl outside of yourself because you're so sick of your own shit? <laughs> so people tend to come work with me when I say, Like, what would your life look like if you just cut the crap already? Like, if you just stopped trying to do it all your way, and you actually got help and started to navigate your life. Because all the pieces, and here's the thing, you guys, your whole life is your spiritual life. You know, we're taught as kids that like, oh, we go to temple on Saturday or we go to church on, you know, go to Sunday mass at 10 or four, whatever time you went to or Saturday night, right? We reserved God for like these little pockets of time. And I'm like, no, your whole life should be God infused your whole life. If you don't like the word God, insert your word for it. Don't get weird, right? Just don't be a weirdo around that word. Call it love, call it source, call it spirit. Again, I don't care what you call it. Okay. The work that I do with people, it's about trying to find not only more lightness, but also more resiliency. I call it hattiness and I'm like pumping my, I'm hitting my chest, like hattiness. You learn to move to the world with more happiness, And the work that I do with clients is often called, I jokingly call it spiritual and personality rehab. (laughs) Giving you some tools, right? So you start to deepen your relationship with your true self. You start to deepen your relationship with the divine. You learn how to love yourself and others. You get better at giving and receiving love. This is a practice in mind training not brainwashing. I cannot say this enough. This is about learning how to let go of the thought system of fear, how to choose instead the thought system of love. You start to move through the world that way. You guys, I am telling you, it becomes infinitely easier. I am a a, a very happy person. It's not a fake happy. I really genuinely feel peace and happiness and joy most of the time. I am still human, obviously, because I have a body. (laughs) But I am very aware. I self-identify more with my spirit self more than I do with my human self each day. Because I, I really get now that I am a child of God. I am an extension of love. And if I am love, my only job is to extend that love. And doing spiritual mentoring is one of the ways that I get to do that. And so, you know, here's the thing. Oftentimes when... People are like like well, what you know? What are some of the tangibles, KK? Talk to me like like what what do people? What are some of the results people get? Or what are some of the things? I'm like, oh my god, there's so many different ones, but some of them are this, and, and this is from a still still recovering control freak, <laughs> former perfectionist. Uh, anybody double amen hands? Raise your hands. Former perfectionist, getting better all the time. Less need to control everything. Uh, My confidence is up and my anxiety is down. I've heard people say all these things. I don't feel like I'm alone anymore. I don't feel orphaned. Oh, I can relate to that one, right? Not feeling alone, not feeling orphaned. Uh, really learning how to live in what I call the fearless flow. Somebody actually, one of my clients left me a message today, and she's given me permission to to share these things. And she said, KK, I'm starting to see more and more about how to see with the light, how to walk with the light in world, how to be more light. And I'm like, yes, yes, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) The lightness of being, how to embody it, right? How do you embody it? And when you start to do that, man, you guys, sky's the limit. Uh, people always tell me, right? Uh, I feel so much more connected to my spiritual team. I feel so much more connected to God and Source. I feel so much more aligned with my values. This is a really big one, you guys, because if you do not live in line with your values, you are gonna suffer. I feel way less afraid. KKK, I don't feel worthless anymore. I know that I have purpose. I know that I'm mad at. I know that I have meaning and my life has meaning. I have way more clarity. This is a big one too. Like so many people feel confused. Um, Having clarity feels so good, you guys. It is like taking a load off. So I have so much more clarity. I feel so much more calm and confident and creative. I can't tell you how many people have gone back to, to dancing or writing or playing music or creating art or starting something that they've always wanted to start or go back to school or whatever the thing is. Oh, this is such a big one. I have so much more compassion and connection to others not feeling connected in this world you guys i'm telling you this is why we have so many awful violent things happening if you don't feel connected to source or to your brothers and sisters and if you don't feel like you belong here if you don't feel like you matter if you don't feel seen and heard and loved this is how we get terrible acts of violence in these younger generations and in school also yes of course of course totally uncool access to guns. I'm not talking about that. But the decision to pick up a gun stats inside. The gun is the external symptom and the act of using the gun is the external symptom of a mind that is not in alignment, that has forgotten itself, right? Um, also, people often say to me, I feel so much more excited about my life. I feel so excited about my work. And so these are some of the things that after working with me, these are literal things that clients of mine is after working with me, have had some of these results, right? Way less stress, okay? I've learned how to have daily spiritual practices, which means I have more trust and more faith in my spiritual team and in myself, which means I have a lot more fun. Um, People getting right with their moms and their dads, right? Really, like getting right with their past history. This is really huge. Dealing with old trauma almost getting divorced and then not saving their marriage. That, that's really big. They've learned how to navigate their grief. They've learned how to be more miracle minded, big time forgiveness work. <laughs> like I cannot like circle that sucker, right? Circle that sucker. Um, they found meaning in their life and they found meaning in their stories and the stuff that they had gone through. It was no longer just felt like that they were victimized. They found meaning in their stuff. Um, People, some people started writing books, dancing, playing music, all this stuff. Some people went and started to do their first triathlons or marathons. That was wicked, wicked cool. Um, one of the things I often talk about is giving your grief a job. And people have started to learn how to, they've reported back, like they're learning to navigate your grief. Because here's the thing, you guys, as long as we're human, it's not like, oh, we just get over a thing. Anytime there's new grief, it often triggers old grief. And now you have so many more tools. People often say to me, oh my God, I feel so much more equipped to handle my life and to move through my life with lightness, with joy, with playfulness, with happiness, with, with a deep connection. I don't, feel, I don't feel like I get taken out anymore. I don't feel like I get knocked to my knees. I, I feel like I can handle whatever life brings me. You guys, like I can't put a price tag on that. I'm not tooting my own horn. This isn't about me. This is about the spiritual work and the power of doing it. I've had people become say to me, I'm a much more present parent like that is so cool. <laughs> like you you're, you're able to be so much more present for your kids. Dude, that's that's a win-win all day long. People have gotten off their anxiety meds with I always say, check with your doctors. We don't do this just like, you know, like willy-nilly, okay? They've gotten remarried, they quit old jobs they hated and started their own businesses. They've had the courage to relocate. So many of my clients end up getting curious about plant-based eating. I don't force veganism on anybody, but I've had clients who go vegan on and on and on, on and on and on, on and on and on. And again, you guys remember the whole purpose of me doing this episode is to try and just kind of bring a little more tangibility. When we talk about spiritual mentoring, it can feel so ethereal. It can feel so like out there. It can feel so much more like just not grounded in anything. And so I'm just trying to help you to understand better the work that I do in case it calls to your heart in case it's something that you're like recognizing something here for yourself. And you're like, oh my God, KK, I could totally use some help with that. And I was talking to one of my um, clients, um, my former clients, because she wrote me the most beautiful um, testimonial. And we were talking about like, how do you put a price tag on it? Like I was saying, it's so much easier for like business coaches and people like that to go, well, this is, this is what we're going to charge because I can guarantee this and you're going to get clients. It's like, it's so intangible, this work. And I often say, because it's fucking priceless. And I don't say that, like, it's not about me and my ego. It's about the power of remembering the truth of yourself that, that is invaluable. And so I'll, I'll just read a tiny bit of what she said. And this is from Kristen. She said, investing in this work with KK has been like hands down the best decision I've ever made. And I don't know if I could quantify what I've received from this work or put a price tag on what it's worth is to me, because I don't think that amount of money actually exists, which is to say, I would pay it all over again 10 times and still feel like it paled in comparison to what I received in return. And you guys, this um, I actually get a little emotional when I I read that and let myself receive it because so much of the work that I do is a legacy of love. It is a love letter to my mother. And it's me trying to make the world. And it's not me. Let me rephrase that. I'm not trying to make anything. It's me trying to help other people know that they can live in the light. They can live in love. It doesn't mean it's always going to be wicked easy, you guys. It's not. This being human is not easy. But the more that we connect with our spiritual truths and we can bring it down to earth, like in a down to earth way so we can actually live and apply this shit and not just know it in a theoretical way, not just read the books. Like the time of data collection is over. It's time to stop putting this stuff to work. And to be able to know that I'm helping people to like find their happy or to find, uh, to become more peaceful or to have more tools. And I've always said, you've probably heard me say it on other episodes, like if you're lucky enough to figure some shit out. Right. If you're lucky enough to take the elevator to a higher floor, to the penthouse suite or to whatever, if you're lucky enough to take the elevator out of your suffering, you better reach back. You better send that car back down. You better hit the button and send that sucker back down to the people who are still going through it. And I often say, like, if you were, if you were able to walk through your hell and get to the other side and you're no longer on fire, you better send back some water. (laughs) You better go back with the hose and help the people who are still going through it. And that's the work that I do, As I have gathered so many tools, right? And with the help of my spiritual team, I am simply answering the call, answering the call of my own individual curriculum. You know what I'm saying? And I could look, I could talk about this for hours, like for hours, (laughs) because this is my life's work, right? Writing, speaking, storytelling, mentoring. I know the power of having a good mentor. And I know because I've had them myself and I've made the investment I've invested in. It's not about the, like, I can't be so clear. I, I have to be like wicked clear about this. It's not about investing in the person you're giving the money to. You are investing in yourself in your happiness in your peace. And I always say to people, look, you can keep making excuses or you can change your life. You can either stop playing dumb about who you really are, or you can keep staying in the victim loop. Because as long people don't want to stop playing dumb about who they are, because if they do that, if they actually do the spiritual work, either on their own or with me or with the spiritual mentor, if they do it, they're going to be shit out of excuses for why they can't. Fill in the blank. Why they can't do anything. Right? And so I always say this, like, look, um, you, you are a true blue extension of all that is good and holy and beautiful. Like you are love. And if you don't know this, and if you don't believe this, and that's not your current state of awareness, I would love to be able to help you. So I'm not going to go on some big old sales pitch. (laughs) That's not really my thing. I share this because I'm called to share it. And here's what I know. You know, I'm not a huge fan of like putting it out there. There are so many coaches who tell me all the time, KK, you got to sell more. Like you got to pitch more. You got to put your offers out there. Like you got to sell, sell, sell. You got to constantly be putting out content and constantly. And I'm like, that's just not the way that I do things. But here's what I've started to kind of reconcile with myself is that how will the people who need help know that it exists if the people like me who do this kind of work don't speak up and say, hey, I'm here this is what I do. There's another way. My brother, my sister, choose again. I am calling to you gently and inviting you into a one-to-one mentoring relationship where I know, I just know in my heart. And I will know. I can't help everybody. I'm not for everybody. But if, if any part of this has resonated with you and you're like, yeah, KK, you know what? I think it's time. I don't want to bring my old baggage and my old bullshit and my old struggle and my old suffering into 2020. 2020 is the year of clarity. It is the year of crystal clear, knowing who you are, what you're here to do and to get that shit done. So if you don't want to drag your old baggage forth, and let me tell you something, the Course of Miracles says that anytime you do not drag your past into your present moment, you are reborn. And to me, 2020 is a year of rebirth, of fully embodying the truth of who we are. And it would be my great, happy honor to be able to walk along beside you on part of the way to do this work. So like I said, I'm not doing some big, pushy sales thing, but here's what's true. I'm, I don't believe in scarcity marketing. I think it's a coward's way to do stuff. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I do. But here's what's true. I'm only taking on seven more clients in 2020 at the beginning of the year. I have four spots for a year-long program, my year-long one-to-one program, and I now have three spots in my uh, one-to-one three-month program, which is renewable. So if any of this resonates with you, the first thing you do is you go to my website, karenkenny.com, K-E-N-N-E-Y.com. You can read on the home page about me, you can read on the about page, but really it's the work with me page. You go to the work with me page, you scroll down, you'll see the two options, and then you self-identify which one resonates with you, which one feels right for you. Look at the financial markers, like, yeah, this describes my financial situation. Yeah, this works for me. And then you fill out the application and you have to apply. I will get the application. I will personally be the one reaching out to you. You get personal one-to-one time with me. This is an intensive relationship where you will be spending time with me on Zoom, with calls, right, et cetera, et cetera. You can go read all about it, right? But if you're ready to cut the shit, if you're ready to do the work, like I am ready for you. I am here and I am willing and ready to help. And this isn't a spiritual investment. This is a spiritual investment in yourself. Now, if I haven't coveted, If you're like, I'm still not sure what you do. (laughs) I'm still not sure how you help people, right? I have an ultimate result system. I'm just telling you, I work with people and it's individualized. It's individualized. I don't just do this blanket thing where it's just like, so there's online modules, there's PDF and online modules, there's group calls, you have the Voxer voice app, you have one to one time with me, Zoom call, like I'm telling you. We will be working together. It's not one of those programs where you only talk to me once in six months. It's not one of those programs where you don't get seen or heard or feel like your personal issues aren't met. You will talk to me quite a bit. On the three-month program, you talk to me six times one-to-one. Every other week, guys. Every other week, you're stuck with KK. (laughs) Which means there's gonna be a shit ton of accountability. There's no hiding from me in this program. There's no hiding from yourself. No hiding from your bullshit, and there's no hiding from your brilliance. So you guys, I got seven slots with your names on them. If you're interested, hit me up. Go fill out an application. If you have any questions that weren't answered here, and again, let me be clear, this isn't about me selling you something. This is because I keep seeing more and more and more and more the unnecessary suffering, the belief that we're separate from God and from each other, I just see so much where I look around and I'm like, oh my God, I wish people had these tools. I wish they knew it didn't have to be so hard. I wish they knew it didn't have to be this way. I wish they knew how loved and lovable they are and how much love they have to give because I believe that if we did that, the world would look differently. It's about changing the inner world and then the outer world reflects that we're starting to move to the light, that we're starting to move towards the love. And who doesn't want that? And here's the thing. It's not about me. It's not about, like, don't, I always say, don't fall in love with the pointer. Fall in love with what we're pointing to. And what I'm pointing to is to your own Inatisha, to your own spiritual team. I am here to empower you, not to take your power away. I want to empower you to understand that you have what you need within you. And I'm going to walk with you for a little while until you are ready to take the vision and the strength for yourself. I will hold it for you until you are ready to take it for yourself. So I see you and I hear you and I feel you, even though I may not see you in person, trust me, I see you and I feel you. I mean, we're all connected. We're all connected. And I celebrate you. And I just want you to know my brother, choose again, my sister, there is another way. And I would love to be able to help you. So like I said, if this resonates with you, go check it out. Go to my website. If you have any questions, send me karen at karenkenney.com. DM me on uh, Facebook or Instagram, whatever it is. If there's somebody that you know that could use this help, please, please refer them. Send them the link. Thank you so much. For those of you who maybe aren't ready, you aren't ready yet perhaps. To do the work, but and you may not be in a, a budgetary place. A budgetary is that a word? A budgetary place where you're like, I can even afford it. But that's why I do this podcast, you guys. This podcast is a free weekly resource. It's kind of also like the next love letter. It's a new iteration of the yoga show, which I did for 13 years. It's a way for me to be able to hopefully, Jesus, I hope to be valuable and helpful in your life. That I'm extending something that is uh, worthwhile of your time. So thank you so much. I am always so grateful for your time, your attention, for listening, for being a part of the, of the um, community and, and the Feelers Flow family, for being a part of one of my people, as I like to say. Uh, so if this touched you in any way, send up a flare. You can also help me out, you guys, by either leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It used to be called iTunes. That would be awesome. Uh, And what's the last thing I wanted to say? Mm, mm, mm. So thank you very much. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, And I feel like, oh, the Spiritual Sundays. Yeah, the Spiritual Sundays is another free resource. Um, And I'm hoping to bring those back in 2020 uh, to make, you know, I just want people to be able to get in touch with the source that they are, like the divine that they are, so that they can stop playing dumb about who they are, so they can start to step into the fearless flow of their life by by transforming the story into your glory. That's all I got for you today. I love you guys. We're moving into 2020. Don't wait until January. If you want to start working together in January, my brothers and sisters, please start the process now. Let me be helpful. <laughs> all right. I love you so much. Have a great uh, rest of your week. I think you're probably dropping this on Thursday. Uh, I love you and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG Stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K E N N E Y L I V E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenney.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.